Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to The Real Down. It's me, boy, Jimmy. We're here with Garrett. What's going on? What's going on? Nothing much. You're back, finally. Yep. Finally <laughs> back. Finally catching up on some bull crap. And yeah, we missed you better. the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I just had a whole bunch of stuff going on. <laughs> some little family stuff, and then me trying to close out all this electrical work from swapping careers and just been busy but uh everything's good now and i like to say everything's slowing down but we're about to come into some for me like it's actually kind of crazy right now my boss went to switzerland today so i'm kind of running things uh, yeah i'm kind of running things to a couple days this week a couple few days this week a couple few days next week and then he gets back july 3rd and we're going to try to like grind it out on like July 5th. And then uh, me and you leave for ICAST. Yeah. Me, you, and a bunch of the paddle week. and fin guys. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, then we're gone for nine days probably. So yeah, it's going to be, a, that's going to be quick. Like, yeah. I wasn't time. freaking out until uh, I text Brian today uh, just so me and him could kind of work through some ICAST details. Yeah. And then uh, it's really close. <laughs> like, 
Oh, I know. I uh, I'll, it slipped up on me, and I, I forgot to request it off for work. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm cutting it real close on this." <laughs> uh, Did you get that approved? Yeah, he said it. My manager said it'd be fine. He's like, "Yeah, you're good. I'll add it to the calendar. Um, we'll find somebody to cover you." It's good. I mean, hey, God. you've been kissing that butt for them for a minute now. They need to give you yeah. a break. Yeah, I need a I need a good week of just no work at all. I've been doing like sixty to seventy hours a week the last two months, and it's wearing on me, man. Oh, dude, we'll we'll have we'll have plenty of time to ourselves down there, and then um, for all the listeners while we're at the show, we'll be doing podcasting. Um, probably won't be much live because the internet down there is garbage. Yeah. I mean, it's a giant convention center. We're not even paying for the Wi-Fi this year. New Canoe paid for the Wi-Fi last year, and you still could barely get a live show out. So we'll probably just do like short recordings. Yeah. Um, so we'll have some work to do some for a few stuff. days, yeah. but it's it's different. It's just fun. Like I can't wait for it, dude. It's I was where you are last year. So like last year it was just like, I remember walking in. So set up before I get kicked out of setup because I didn't have the right badge to be setting up, but um, set up, you already can tell like, holy crap, this is a lot. But then when I came in, so the first day, so Tuesday, there is an on the water demo. So there is like everybody that watches iCast has seen it. Um, There's the pond out front. And it's stocked. So there's companies out there letting you try out new baits. Um, all the kayaks are being put in. There's like, it's a sidewalk and there's pop-up tents everywhere and there's beer and food. And it's, that's fun. So we'll yeah. do that Tuesday. Um, well, actually, maybe not because I think we're fishing Tuesday. So we probably won't go to that at all. But uh, it's not. We make yeah, we can do both. If we, we can figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see, but it's actually very quick. Like, I don't know. I guess all the video footage you see of it makes it seem like it's huge. It's not. It's like 50 yards wide. Like, yeah, you like, boom, boom, done. Oh, I can imagine. And then, like, to my knowledge, there's no new kayaks coming out this year. And like, I've been in basically everything that's out and I, right yeah. now. So. Like the, the only one last year that I had not been in that I had interest in was the NAR. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see so, that. But everything else, like, I don't think I've been in an autopilot either. I did that. Uh, well, not there, but they didn't have one there. Old Town, yeah, was there, but I don't think they had it on the water. I don't think because I think they set up late, if I remember. I think they were like one of the last people to set up, or maybe that was Bonafide. I can't remember. It's a lot of chaos, but um, when you walk down, so the convention center, you actually go down into it. So it's like main floor. You come in and you go down escalators into the convention. When you yeah. walk in and it's like as far as you can see this way, and then you look to the left and it's even farther than you can see to the left, you're just like, oh shit. Wow. And like I had a little video, like I was recording when I went in and was like, oh, this is overwhelming. Cause you do, you have like a uh, panic. You're like, around with a little GoPro chesty all, all over the walking around everywhere. Yeah, I did chesty, took a camera stick. And like, I'll tell you, you got to be dedicated to that because it gets tiring very quick. Yeah. I'm carrying a backpack with a laptop and batteries and tripod and that bull crap. And like that, I literally didn't do it the rest of the weekend because <laughs> yeah. it's terrible. 
So like I was trying to do live stream stuff, could never get it. Do that. Yeah. Um, you're recording as much as you can. If you're going to record, here's some tips for any of the listeners that may be going to ICAST this year. If you got an in with a sponsor, you plan on doing some media stuff, get external microphones. Some of these Bluetooth ones you can get on Amazon, but it, like the receiver clips into your phone and then they're, they're Bluetooth, like two Bluetooth lapel mics. Mm-hmm. Um, spend 30 bucks and get one of those because there is so much noise in there. Your phone picks everything up. Yeah. Even the these fancy iPhones I had, you know, current badass iPhone last year, you can hear everything, even with the noise reduction. And so it's, you just can't get around it because it's yeah. a media event. So there is just 6 people million talking. people doing the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. So, so uh, it, I would say uh, invest in some lapel mic setups. They're not expensive. Bring a gimbal, uh, battery banks. Anchor is the way to go with battery banks. Any size you need. Um, fairly cheap, high quality. I've had the same one for um, probably, f- Jesus, five or six years now. It's 20,100 milliamps. It was 50 bucks. I mean, it would fit in your pocket. It's got two outputs. And this thing, will it'll recharge your iPhone like eight times. I've, I've ran my GoPro for three 10-plus hour fishing trips in a row, and it only take two ticks off this thing. Like... This Jesus. is the way to go for filming. Yeah, really? these things are boss. Yeah. This thing, best 50 bucks my wife ever spent. Like, this thing yeah. is beast. Dang. So, to give you an idea, I left it plugged up to my GoPro for the last two weeks, and it still has one one battery life left on it. Dude, like, that's, that's all. Wait, what GoPro do you have? Uh, the 9. Okay. Hmm. It's still that's... one of the power-hungry ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's, but, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a beast. Um, like I took it with me to ICAST last year, and never recharged it. Like one, and I fished with it, never recharged. You recharge it. like, can you charge like a laptop or something off of it? Not on these, that? but they have them that do it now. Anchor wow. dropped some that are similar sized, that are they just have it's basically just more amp output. Yeah, but it will run a laptop or a like a big iPad. Probably not. Not my laptop. My laptop's a like a giant gaming laptop, and it's a power hungry beast. <laughs> Yeah, you could put it on uh, all of its reduced settings and it would work fine. It would do yeah. it. I guarantee it'd do it. Yeah. Like I have to do that on my laptop sometimes is turn like all the graphics down, turn like all the resolution, <laughs> turn the fans down. off and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Which, well, with my Lenovo, you can't mine. You can't turn the fans off. Yeah, but you got like I got like three modes or whatever. I can switch them into like a power cool. saving mode and all the good stuff. But, uh, yeah, so bring some good stuff with you. Bring good shoes. Um, again, this is for anybody that might be going. Um, come find us. We uh, we are going to be set up in the Dubro fishing booth. I have not looked at the map. No idea where we will be. Um, if you're going, download the iCast app. Dubro going to be close to Lakewood, or are they in similar areas? I, I would assume they would be because the owners of both companies are cool. Yeah. Um, and to my knowledge, you get to pick your booth space at ICAST. Okay. Um, if that's true, I would assume Lakewood is going to be right at the middle uh, escalator entrance. Because last year you came right down the escalator and there's Lakewood. If you came down the, the middle escalator. Yeah. Um, so could be if, if Sarah got that booth again, Sarah and Steve over there at Lakewood, I would assume Dubro is going to be in the area. So, cool. um, but 
there'll be a bunch of hosts down there if you're coming. Me, Garrett, Brian, um, John Rapp, Randy Newton. Uh, I think I'm forgetting one. That might be it. But uh, if you're going, come say hey. Come hang out. Um, I'm sure we'll have stickers. We'll be doing shows all day. So what our what we're kind of doing is, uh, I had a lot of people last year. So like last year, I went down there looking for sponsors for Paddle and Finn. So it was like a, a marketing trip for me. Yeah, um, like all business, and uh, a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, let's do an episode right now." I'm like, "Well, I'm, I'm not. I don't have the equipment in my <laughs> yeah. pocket." Like. Because like, like most folks will think you're going to gonna just like, well, a lot of folks think you're just going to like pull your phone up and record. And I was like, yeah. well, we're a podcast. I want to do real equipment. Show. I want it yeah. to sound good. So telling Brian that last year, I was like, man, it'd be great if we had a booth. And he's like, yeah, we just can't justify the money. We'd have to have at minimum six hosts go down there because you always got to have somebody with the booth, blah, 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 blah. Well, then it just so happened to work out that we're sharing some space with Dubro. So the booth Ooh. will always have people in it, whether it's podcast guys or not. So, um, but anybody that wants to like, if you know, there'll be some hot items down there. Um, you get to go look around at the new product showcase. Um, we won't be able to cast a vote though, since we're going on vendor badges. Um, and we actually, I don't think we get to get into it until like the last day when they pick it. They keep that like a locked lockdown area where you can kind of see it from a distance, but you can't go in unless you have a media badge. Oh, I see. But if I find somebody down there, I know one of these other podcasters. I know because all the podcast guys go down there. Yeah. Um, tackle talk. Um, swipe their badge for a minute and go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to swap, <laughs> yeah. swap, swap with them and go take me a look. If they haven't <laughs> voted, if they voted, they check you off the list and you can't, you don't get to go back in. Oh, so. I see. You got you to uh, strategically do this. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Bailey, Igbert, uh Bailey, Andrew, Tackle Talk. Let's meet up down there. Yeah. I need to borrow one of y'all's badges for a minute. Yeah. Um, but no, it'll be a good time. Um, anybody that wants to do a show, a hot product, if we can get somebody from that company to come over and give us 10 minutes, we're going to scoop them up, have them follow us to the booth, do quick little episodes, and it'll be uh, kind of like the final cast. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, you probably saw that uh, Brad and Matt uh, – I'm trying to say it without it sounding like it was bad. There was no bad blood. They just went. They, I get it. They got you know tired of doing the same thing, uh, so they yeah. separated from Paddle and Finn. They've started a new show, doing their own thing. Um, I haven't talked to them this week. I talk to Brad, and Matt all the time, but um, yeah. I think what they're doing is they're just kind of expanding outside of what Paddle and Finn does, like not just fishing. They want to talk about sports and a fishing bit of everything. And, yeah. Just talk about river smallies and then talk about hockey. And so I get just that everything it's life. outside of our niche. So um, good luck to those. But with the, the final cast being gone, I know that's leaving a hole for some of y'all and the hole's going to be there for a little bit. Um, what me and Garrett are doing today is just to give you all a little, little bit of something like you used to have with the final cast. We're going to talk about some of the uh, trico rods and Yozuri stuff that uh, Garrett's affiliated with and, talk about that sure. but um you probably won't get much gear of you talk until i cast um i will probably be doing a solid most of that i'm not trying to take the weight work from anybody else but um there's a solid chance that i'm going to take over that segment and change it so 
still working out some details, still writing down a bunch of show idea, like changes. So stick with us for a little while. All you, I know final cast was a big show for us, you know, top one to top three show every week. Mm -hmm. Um, be gone for a little while, but it'll be back whether it's me doing it or someone else. Um, I'm sure I'll end up taking it over because I've always wanted to do that show. Um, it's it's a pretty cool concept. I like I like the idea of it. And I, I I filled in for Josh Eldridge for like a couple of months. I think it was when Josh and Matt were running the show, and it was great. Me and Brad had so much fun doing it. And then uh, Matt wanted to come in when Josh quit, so that was fine because I was still doing the reel down. Yeah. And uh, I don't know when they decided they were going to leave. They hit me up first. They were like, "Hey, do you want it?" And I was like, well, fuck, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm already doing something. And I just brought Garrett in on the reel down. So, uh, yeah, you can just leave me hanging, man. I may try to do both Failing of them me. because yeah. I may, we may move the, uh, final, the final cast formatting may change from like once a week to once every two weeks or once yeah. a month and just I mean, do a bigger show once a month. No, I've, yeah. I've got like a whole little think board on my phone I've been working on. on and I told Brian before I cast, I want to like sit down and talk with him and see which way he wants to see it happen. Cause that determines how I approach iCast. So, gotcha. but yeah, that's a kind of important. Yeah. But stay, stay with the guys. Um, be sure and go check out Matt and Brad's new, uh, new venture. Uh, called the catch cast or something the catch, like the that. catch cast, uh, podcast. Yeah. I think they just dropped their pilot episode on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, go check it out. Um, and then st- uh, stay tuned for us for there'll be we've got do we get Hobie Hobie's this weekend right yeah Cayuga Cayuga yeah so and KBF on the Delta I don't know if, how much what what how many people are signed up for that and all that but. they'll probably get a good one because that's the yeah. only thing going out there this year yeah so it'll probably have a good turnout um so next week we'll have a show covering Cayuga from the Hobie um or the KBF whichever people it works out for. Yeah. Um when we'll probably try and do we'll either be off the Tuesday after that. No, that's July that's July 4th. So probably we'll figure not. something out. We may do the yeah. other one or we may have a holiday. And then I have no clue if we're going to record. I don't think we'll have a recorded show for the Thursday that ICAST is going on. We'll probably just have a bunch of these 15-minute drops. So it'll be very unorthodox, but just keep you wherever you listen to your podcasts out. There will be just an absolute stupid amount of stuff to listen to. Like I said, probably a bunch of short 10 to 15 minutes. We'll be doing some reels, some Instagrams. I'm sure Brian will try and do a live um, we may do one at the house, do like an after hours. So tons yeah. of content coming up. Uh, and I, I'm excited. I can't wait. A little nervous because it's like, it's almost here. And like, I just feel very unprepared. Yeah. Just send it. Dude. You'll be all right. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of how it went last year. Don't overthink it. No, we definitely underthought it last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so we'll get right into the show today. Um, no tournament coverage today. We're going to do some of the normal recap afterwards, talk about some of the local stuff that was happening on and give some shout outs where they're due. And we're going to kind of quickly go over the current AOI and the big three. Yeah. But uh, 
They're getting cool. close to the end on their. I mean, most of those are like at their halfway point, so it's yeah. They're kind of heating up on their AOI races. So. Yeah. But uh, like I said before, what we're gonna do is a little taste of like what the final cast was doing and some stuff that. I know they haven't covered the rods, and I don't think they've covered Yaziri in a while. So, if at all. But yeah. without further ado, here steps in my guest. Uh, Trika hey, team member hey. and Yaziri pro staff member, yeah. Garrett Johnson. Welcome to the show, Garrett. Hey, nice to be here. <laughs> this is such a nice place. I love what you've done. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. so, yeah, so it's Trika rods and Yaziri and hardcore baits. Uh, yeah. how'd you get involved with any of these? Uh, so with Yozuri, actually that ended up being a connection I made at the Bassmaster Classic last year at the Expo. Uh, so the one in... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. South Carolina. Uh, yeah. I was just wandering around the expo center and saw the Yozuri booth and it, they weren't too busy at the time. And uh, I just walked up and started asking them questions and started talking with the, with the guy at the booth and uh, halfway through talking to him. Um, he was just like, are you sponsored by anybody? You got any spot? I was like, no, not, not really. <laughs> I mean, this was, I mean, I only had like two or three team people that I'm committed to at that, at that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was like, all right, well, here's, here's my card. Uh, hit me up after the show and we'll, we'll talk. Uh, so I did. And he ended up offering me a, um, I forgot what the technical name for the position is. It's like a ambassador or something like yeah. that. Brand ambassadors. Uh, brand ambassador. Yeah. Uh, so it's not really like a, sponsorship full-on deal but uh no it's uh, pretty cool yeah and you know you hear pro staff and ambassador gets thrown around a lot because it is different according to where you're at so like yeah. pro staff with like titan tungsten means like 10 percent discount yeah um then the ambassador for some companies means they give you a small discount and you're you know just kind of part of the family some yeah. companies like yozuri really give you a really good deal on stuff give you a pretty good amount of product a year yeah and it's I get, still I get like, like a, a step down ex- from the pros but yeah. you're doing way better than most people that take a ambassador spot i mean i'm really happy with it and then i'm happy they're they're happy with it so yeah it's working out for everybody yeah absolutely what about trica uh, so Trika, um, I had kind of followed them as soon as they launched their rods. I want to say sometime last year, uh, like kind of towards the end of last year. Um, they had a ton of like targeted ads out there that I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to actually give these a try and just check it out. And they're uh, not, uh, they're not, they're not cheap. So no. uh, people that 
get kind of pushed away by the targeted Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of times it's just cheap crap and they're just trying to <clears throat> do the targeted marketing. This is a very rare case where like, this is high end stuff yeah. that just used what was hot as far as marketing to help. Yeah. I mean, it works that targeted ad stuff. I mean, obviously I got suckered into it, so <laughs> it works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they, they make a, a solid product and the more I looked into them, I realized that that company Trica is the same company that makes Raven crossbows. Mm-hmm. Um, so good stuff. If anybody knows anything about Raven crossbows, they're like kind of the top of the line in the crossbow industry that you can yeah. get. Um, so they're really familiar with carbon fiber and how to use, how to make stuff out of carbon fiber and what kind of blends and all that stuff. So fishing rods was just kind of the next step in their evolution as a company, I guess. Um, so anyways, I bought a couple of their rods when they first come out just to try them. And I really liked them. Um, at the time I was looking for a new frog rod. Uh, and I ended up picking up this rod I got sitting next to me. It's a their seven seven extra heavy, uh, moderate fast action rod. Uh, and it's a it's a super lightweight rod, but it's stout. Like super yeah, and stout. the lightweight's an understatement. I've <laughs> I've held yours, you know, and obviously you can immediately like tell that it's pretty lightweight, but looking at the numbers on it the rod blanks 4.8 ounces yeah like it's, it's ridiculous um, like so the thing are, i like about it is like you can walk a frog and stuff and throw one and launch one out there and walk it like all day long without your wrist getting tired uh, even though you got a giant rod yeah but they're they're good looking rods they're carbon weaved um some of their claims you know uh, on average, they're seven percent lighter than you know other rods of the same class. Yeah. Uh, two times more sensitive and twenty six percent longer casts. Um, the yours that I felt feel fantastic. Um, I'm not a they're, big. I'm not. I don't like the grips, but that's just. I don't like that style grip on anything. I don't care if it's efficient. Yeah, yeah, and it's just some people's hands it works into. I don't know. I've got really like rough calloused hands, and I just don't yeah. feel like I've got a hold of the rod. Yeah. Um, I've always it. been a wind grip guy, um, which I do. I, I do like my wind lose, grips too. You know, lose does that, or you can do the the wraps. But um, yeah, like I used to um, before I started. Well, I mean, I've been through t- tons of different rods, but I used to get a bunch of custom built rods that had full wind grips on them and stuff. That yeah, that was that was what I really liked. But uh, I started using these more because. Uh, like I wanted to get into a rod company that I could like if I broke a rod, I could order one replacement and it'd be here next week instead of like with the custom rods. That's what I typically gravitated towards. Um, like if I broke one of those, I'm out like yeah. a month or two before I can even look at one. <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky. Like yeah. that's something I didn't think about till recent because I was thinking about doing some custom rods. Yeah. And then like I just I can tell you like boat fishing, I never broke rods and I've break so many rods kayak fishing. I just think it's just harder on them. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. It, it truly is like 
you're just harder on everything yeah in a kayak uh, i mean shoving them in the truck shoving them in rod boxes yeah. like not in a boat just a shallow yakima rod box that um, and like um getting them hung on stuff like if you stand them up vertically all the time you're yeah. constantly slapping tree limbs and bridges and all kinds of stuff that's like uh, you know I'm, I'm a dobbins guy and i've had so many dobbins break and it's like it's not dobbins it's <laughs> no. like I'm rough it's, on them. Yeah, it's just 100 percent our. Like I our, broke three rods in the last two weeks, sport. and you were there when one of them happened. Yeah, that was 100 yeah. percent my fault. Like <laughs> your uh... net, net flew off the boat, grabbed the rod, bent the rod, doubled it over in the rod holder, and snapped the tip off. But yeah. no, it snapped the rod in half. It snapped um, two of them in half, didn't it? Well, like... it snapped one in half and ripped the guides off the other one. Yeah. Um. The line kept the guides. I've actually reattached the guides. Um, but I broke one. And um, you know how you'll get the infamous wind braid, wind knot around the tip of a rod? Yeah. That somehow ties the world's greatest fishing knot around the yeah. rod. I had that happen. And I tried to, like, I should have loosened the drag. And I tried to, like, force up some line. And it just put too much pressure on the tip and broke the tip. But Dobbins is a great warranty, so I've already had them taken care of. But it was still like I haven't it's had not the rods. warranty one yet with Trica, but um, I did have a shipment of rods come in that UPS damaged on of course in route, dude. It snapped three in a row, like three rods in a in a tube. Uh, like they, the tube was snapped at the end of it, and I was like, what? <laughs> How do you I think that was okay to bring that to me? That's why I don't I, like. I will not. And this says something. So, like on the Dobbins team, we get an amazing setup through them. Call order the rod you need and all that stuff. I still have been with Dobbins almost three years. I've still not done it one time because I see too many postal service pictures, yeah. and I just I'm going to be so mad if that happens. So I just I don't. Mean, do I've it. ordered tons of rods online. Like I literally I can believe just it. took, yeah, I just took a, a graveyard of rod tubes that I've been keeping in the garage. Then I literally had like 30 rod tubes. Jeez. I wish I'd known <laughs> you're getting, I want you to keep one or two. Cause I need, I need to have one here. Um, for I kept like one yeah. bulk, like warranty, which I've right. now that I got another doing, one sitting in the garage. You can have it. I'm sure you'll order something else between now and then. Uh, but for anybody anyways, doesn't know it, Garrett's a gear, gear whore. So something yeah, I'll say bit. is like why I trust your judgment on gears because you use all of it. Garrett, this man spends so much money and tries everything. But you didn't come from cheap rods. You, like you literally were using Megabass Levante rods and yeah. got out of them for these. That says something because those are great rods. Yeah, and I, I, I love those rods. I had nothing bad to say about those rods, but I just like the the actions and some of the sensitivity a little better on these ones and they're a little more lightweight. Um, so yeah. And before the mega bass ones, I was using custom rods and before that I was using Dobbins rods and passion rods. I've used a bunch of those and lose rods. I, I mean, I've used a ton of different rods. <laughs> <laughs> My man has made the rounds. Yeah. This is your first rod sponsor though. Yeah, it is. Right. That's cool. Um, and they just opened up a program for it um, a few months ago. And I was like, yeah, I know what? I, I like their stuff. I'll apply for it. And 
they took me on. So, no, I mean, and I feel like you did it the right way. You paid for the product, used yeah. the product, approved of the product, then got with the company. You didn't do the hi, I'm a professional kayak angler. You should sponsor me. <laughs> no. uh, I don't like that approach typically. No, I, can't it. Uh, I, I like to know like what I'm getting into when I'm before I do like. I want to support something that I that I believe in. I guess if that absolutely, I, I say that all the time. I'm like, I mean, sure, not getting paid by basically any of these companies as far as like actual paycheck. Yeah. Um, all of the deals I have, you know, you get gear. Yeah. Um, but it's not about that. It's I none of the brands I'm affiliated with. Like here's another one, Bending Branches. Been with them for a few years now. Still haven't used that discount. Like, did I get a free paddle? Yes, but I won it in a raffle, legitimately, yeah. and it was great. They did a they did a raffle just for the ambassadors when we were picking the new color when Copperhead yeah. came out, and I actually won it, and it was fabulous because Brad Hicks was pissed because he wanted it so bad because he's an ambassador too yeah uh, and it's funny because he got me in with him he was like i'd been with him for like 30 days maybe and won that won that paddle so but no it's not about it's not about the the free stuff or the discount it's companies that you believe in that's the right way to go about it yeah and uh these striker odds seem i haven't got to like i need to take one from you and like actually fish with it uh i've just stood on the bank and cast with them I, I will say to you that they have like a tip, a stiffer action than most other rods do, which personally I like a little more fishing. I think from that a comes kayak. from the, the nature of the carbon fiber. Yeah, um, yeah, I, that, I could see that, um, but I like to have a little bit stiffer action being in a kayak because. Leverage. We don't get as good of leverage on all of our hook sets and all of our actions and stuff um, sitting down and being in a boat that gets basically pulled around by whatever you got in the water. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like having that little bit stiffer action helps me a lot. Uh, uh, hook sets and all that stuff. I think when you pay attention to a lot of kayak fishermen, whether they realize that or not, um, a guy that I just put on uh, the Music City team with us, Spencer. Yeah. Spencer's a Dobbins guy like I am. And he fishes all of their heaviest stuff, which is yeah. all of their... Now, Dobbins rods have a lot of tip. All of Dobbins rods, everybody will tell you that, like they say that they're... So like if it says it's a heavy fast, it's more like a medium heavy extra fast. But... Yeah. uh I like that. I love to have a stiff rod, but it's still got a whippy tip yeah, just because I do, I do like that too. Yeah. I, I use a whippy tip for target casting cause I loop cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but to what you're saying, like from a kayak, he uses that for extra leverage, you know, seven sixes, extra heavies, mag heavies. Yeah. The um, longer, I don't know longer if he owns a medium action rod. Action. Yeah. Um, just something that I've always thought weird with not the company yak rod, but with the idea of yak rods, kayak rods. Yeah. Where guys were shooting them or trying to stay under certain lengths. Yeah. At first you think that for clearance and like stuff like getting hung in the trees and crap like that. But the more you do it, the more I've gravitated, like 
it's went from like when I bass boat fished years ago, six, six was like the standard hammer rod. <laughs> and now, now it's like seven, nine, eight foot, eight, yeah. two. I mean, and I've done the same thing on kayaks. I'm starting to like, I went up to seven foot and I went to seven, three. Now I've got a lot of seven, fours and seven, sixes. Yeah. And it's like, you keep finding those. <laughs> you keep going like, up. You're like, Oh, Oh no, this works good too. Towards those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like I typically don't carry one under seven three with me with the exception of like a spinning rod that's like a seven foot because that's basically what everybody makes but Trica yeah. makes a a seven five um uh spinning rod that I just I just got one I hadn't tried it yet um but I'm gonna make that like my new offshore um like shaky head rod and stuff. I'm still shake like shaky heads. Spinning rods are still the thing, but I just like man, can't find what I like with it. I've got <laughs> yeah. a pretty good setup right now. Uh, I grabbed one of the new Maver- uh, Dobbins Maverick uh, with seven foot, just like you said, two power for yeah. like Ned rigs and stuff, and I like it so far. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I've never used a long spinning setup except for saltwater fishing, like uh, beat like surf fishing. Um. But when you think uh, the about the only that, time I'd recommend it is like if you're doing longer cat, like anything where you're gonna have to like bomb a cast out there and drag, and like shaky head or heavier drop shot rig or, like or drop shot, what I yeah. think of like, and this is like a thought I've had recently, like because normally I was like I like the six eight to seven foot spinning rod, but then yeah. I was thinking about it and I was like, man, but you know that eight foot five surf rod I got, I can send that bait to the moon. <laughs> like, yeah. I can launch one twenty. Like 50, 60 yards out there with that thing. I've got one over here that's, I think, literally 8.5, and it's set up for like a 2500 yeah. series reel. And I've been debating on put like it's a two piece. Yeah. I've been debating on taking it in the kayak and just like putting like a 3.8 out Ned rig on it and just see how far I can throw it. And that might change <laughs> yeah. the game for me. I might be like, all right, surf rods it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> you barely have to lift the rod to set the hook. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, like, that's the other thing uh, that I think people don't really think about. When, with longer rods and kayaks, I guess, is um, takes up take up yeah, more. picks up more of the line, um, and most of the time, your kayak's moving towards your target, like you're drifting towards the target. Just like even if you don't notice it, you're like slowly drifting towards it, so you get up with a lot of slack in your line. Um, so b- being able to pick up that slack or pick up more of that line with a longer rod helps. Oh yeah. It's definitely for anybody that is finesse fisherman. I mean, the name of the game is keeping, you know, contact with your line. So yeah. you can feel everything. And that is a yeah. ta- like some days, uh, depending on where you're at, wind current, you can't make those slow presentations like you want to. Like it, it can be every, every time you finally get tension on the tip, you're moved four feet forwards. So you're just constantly, or like you made a joke about it last weekend when we were fishing. Um, I was, I think I was throwing that walking bait and current's going one way. I'm going the other and I'm walking the bait and it just sat still. Oh yeah. It wasn't like, you're not anywhere. making ground. It's not making ground. Everything's just it's yeah. sitting great if there was a fish there because you're keeping it in the freaking strike zone. But, yeah, right on top of its head the whole time. Yeah, just check, 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 check. But uh, that that happens a lot to me 
spinning rod finesse fishing in a kayak. I notice. Yeah. Like it, I, when I feel like I'm, cause I'm, I'm the world's worst. I sit back like this and I'll just do slow drag. Mm-hmm. And I'll be doing that. Thinking I'm like, I've covered 40 yards and then I realize <laughs> yeah. my boat's going down the bank and that Ned rig probably hasn't moved three inches. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> there's wasted this whole area. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so. a, that's a, what, a how many of them you got now? What are those trikas? Uh, I got a full lineup of them now. Um, 10 or 11, I think. Uh, but I got all my covered on them now. Nice. Uh, but that, that seven, seven big one's your favorite. Yeah, that one's my favorite. That one's the one I first started with. Um, and I just like it because. I like to frog fish a lot and I've also Amen. been using it to throw glide baits and stuff with, um, like I'll switch the, the reel out for another reel that has like a 20 pound fluoro or something on it mm-hmm. and, uh, throw glide baits and stuff with it nice. uh, or a rigs and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> you like throwing the a rig on a seven, seven. Yeah. That's cool. I, I feel like I throw it on a seven nine, and when the A rigs, I honestly wish the rod was longer. Yeah, I, I, I don't think know. that's Maybe seven seven short. But, um. Yeah, but uh, what I also like about it is like, like I was saying earlier, it's a super light rod for how big it is, and like when I'm frog fishing with it, that's when I really appreciate it because, like, the fatigue on my wrist is a lot less than what it should be for that big of a rod. Um, and it's got a ton of power in it. Like, yeah. I've been able to like winch fro- uh, fish through like straight through the lip pad fields and grass mats and stuff with that thing. Heck yeah. I've never, so like I've always talked about like, I'm a weird case, certain rods. I like heavier, like the actual blank. Um, like in the Dobbins lineup, I, my frog rod, I, which I actually just upgraded it. Um, finally, uh, I always throw in the fury series, which is one of the lower end series because I like that meaty feeling. I don't get the wrist fatigue that a lot of guys get because I've worked with my hands my entire life. I've been a mechanic, electrician, heavy equipment guy, millwright. They just like my arms will get tired, but it's like (laughs) my arms would get tired if I just held my arms up. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter how heavy that rod is. Yeah. Like. Uh, so I, I haven't had to really like focus on the $300 and up lightweight rods. Now spinning, I 1 million percent agree. You need the absolute, just most ridiculously like light sensitive setup. I'd be curious to see that new one. Cause they're already crazy sensitive. I bet that spinning rod that you got, is going to be like yeah. stupid. Well, the, I mean that, the other rod that I'm really liking right now is that seven foot um, medium fast spinning rod. Um, and it's like, I've been using it for kind of more close quarters stuff like docks and uh, skipping Senkos and that kind of stuff. And it's awesome. Like, it's super sensitive. Uh, and it's got like, just the right amount of tip on it to just like fling stuff up and up and up in those crevices and all that. Heck yeah. But it's still got good power. But 
Well, they're, I'm excited they're... for that 7.5 because <laughs> I get offshore and launch some baits out there. Heck yeah. Well, uh, cool little introduction to that brand. I'm sure a lot of folks haven't heard of it. Um, they like they're making good stuff, and like you said, they're affiliated with a very, very well known brand in the outdoor industry. Yeah, it's a good looking rod. Yeah, that one's seen some miles already. I love the shape of the uh, the rod butt on that one. Like, like I said, I'm not a big. I don't really like so, the like, carbon Kevlar wrap, but something interesting it. I found out the other day is the blank actually ends right here. Oh, the rest of this is all hollow, and I guess that that was on purpose. Um, they did that specifically so that the vibrations that come through the blank will like reverberate inside of the hollow space so you'll have be able to feel it better i bet you that changes the parabolic bend of it too yeah because the real seat sits further down on the blank technically since the blank stops yeah that's cool so, yeah i didn't realize that until actually until that shipment that of ones that broke because um, they broke right on that spot and i was like what the heck is this There's the blank stops and then i saw some video of one of the guys on the team or whatever that was talking about it at a show. He's, he was saying exactly why they did that. And I was like, huh, wow, that's really cool. That's cool. I, that does. That changes the whole, the whole idea of the blank. I mean, you think about any normal rod, the blank is from tip to butt all the way down. So yeah. the way the bend is measured, where it bends, where the real seat goes. So that's completely changing that by that rod stopping 10 inches shy of the bottom. Yeah. That's cool. Definitely. And it makes a lot, well, it's a lighter rod. Yeah. Less material. Uh, yeah. And if you know anything about carbon fiber or Kevlar, the layering systems, they do it in cars, spaceships, like it's, it is a material that is super fragile in a single layer, but is super durable and like malleable in its layered process. Like carbon fiber is freaking weird. Like I've seen them make drive shafts out of carbon fiber that can handle like Jesus, like the torque of tugboat would put down or something like that, man. Like it's crazy. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever look at it again in person, you can see it's got like these weird, I don't know how many layers are in it, but it's got a weird pattern on it uh, for the layering. It's, Definitely a little neat, unique compared to most other rods I've seen. Sweet, um, yeah, I have to check a look at it. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to get some good pictures of them to, to post up. Yeah, but no, this was a. I wanted to do this as kind of a little bit of an introduction to the brand, and um, I know like when the Final Cast Boys do did stuff, they would have like somebody with the company come on and talk about it. Um, yeah. I still want to do that in the future. So if I get that show rolling again, maybe you and you can get in touch with somebody with Trico and we can have them come on and really get into the nerdy part of it, which I know so much of our audience really enjoys. Um, yeah. But I at least wanted to give uh, give you a chance to talk about them a little bit, to get them, get them kind of in the eyes of people. Uh, like I said, yeah. they're not cheap rods. I mean, those are $300 rods. Um, yeah. I mean, they're on the high end and I think you can actually buy the blank itself. If you just want to, if you want to have like, like build the your rest own. Of the, yeah, build your own. You can buy the blanks too. That's cool. But and like that data that they have on there on their website, they actually have like the scientific 
papers that was done from uh, some third party that is non-biased, essentially. Um, Hell yeah. So they have the paper for that that you can read through it if you want. I, I was curious and read it. It's like 35 pages and it's, I mean, it's a there scientific article. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really quick. I mean, uh, a company that has something to back up their statement and their statement is that we out how we outperform a $700 rod. So they don't list somebody that, specific brands on there, but they will say like, this is, this was a $700 rod that they're comp- yeah. comparing it to or a $400. Yeah. So do definitely check them out. Um, something I'll tell people like, if you don't, if you're not somebody that invests a lot into fishing gear and you could only have one high end rod, I mean, Garrett would argue and say, if you're a frog guy, get a high end frog rod. <laughs> yeah. But um, you, no, you talk to a lot of, <laughs> if you talk to a lot of rod people, everybody will kind of agree. Um, splurge and buy like a high end spinning rod because your finesse setups is what you need your sensitivity with. So if you're in the market for a new one, you're not, you know, brand affiliated, or even if you are, if you're looking to try something different, uh, get on Trika, T R I K A, get on their website. And take a look at these carbon weave rods. Um, yeah. You know, they got five star reviews across the board. Um, you can do f- four interest free install- installments with shop uh, shop pay. Very nice. Um, but, and they're also made in the U.S. They're made yeah. in Texas. Um, well, you know they're better if they're made in Texas, according to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it says that somewhere that on the are, website. Uh, I think the guys that created it or that designed it are actually from up north, though. They're from they're from minnesota or wisconsin one of the two i, I don't remember wisconsin. which one uh, so they're all about those finesse setups too uh, oh, they yeah. really paid attention to that so and like just to give you an idea i'm going to read this this one part of their history um, a history of disruption. Trika is a team of experienced professionals who focus have been developing new innovative products for the outdoor industry. Over the last 20 years, we have developed and brought to market several products that are number one in their category, including Rage Broadheads, Raven Crossbows, IQ Bow Sights, Block Targets, and Glendale 3D Targets. If you're an outdoorsman, I've spent a lot of money on all of those things except the crossbow because I'm not a crossbow guy. <laughs> yeah. I have an IQ Bow Sight. I have a block target. I have Glendale targets. I use Rage Broadheads. Those are all reputable companies. So this is not just, again, if you saw this on Facebook and wrote it off because of the targeted marketing, they were just being smart and using what was the hot tool. Like, yeah. I've, I've kind of had to put that aside myself when I see companies that I like, I liked and then see their whole like Facebook targeted that crap campaign. Yeah. I'm just like, or their pro staff campaign. I'm like, yeah. it's stupid. No, it's not that. You're riding the high of what's working. Yeah. It's from a business strategy. You're being smart. Well, so um, any kind of publicity is better than none. Is exactly. But uh, yeah, sounds like a great band, brand. Got a lot of great stuff throughout the outdoor industry. But uh, so the next thing we wanted to get to uh, was the uh, Yoziri and hardcore baits. Um, yeah. Yoziri has been around for as long as I can remember. Uh, I've seen their products. Um, it's something that according to where you live and according to like how good of a tackle store you have, you sometimes don't see a lot of it. Um, you, I see Yoziri line a lot in stores and they'll have like something 
simple, like maybe they're square bills, maybe they're they're rattle trap style baits, but that's about it. And and they also have a very large saltwater market. Yeah, um, their saltwater market I think is their big. Yeah, they're they're like money maker. Yeah, that's um, a worldwide market that they. Yeah. Supply for work. But it's a. Uh, They've got tons of really cool stuff. Um, I kind of got my eyes opened up to them more at ICAST last year at their setup. Just seeing like they've got some crazy looking baits, just like good looking baits. Not, and I don't think, I mean, everybody says like, you know, like they make stuff to catch the fishermen, not the fish. A lot of their stuff doesn't have that to me. Like most of their color palettes and like colors with their transparency and shapes and stuff all make sense. It's not, it's not like who's the best painter. It's like, it makes logical sense to the bait. Yeah. I think a lot of it's more like just focusing on the natural pattern and natural colors and yeah, not trying to over overdo it on like the actual, the true pattern, but just making sure that the colors are. And for my JDM people out there is Japanese stuff. Like, Leading company in Japan for over 50 years. Like, yeah, I mean, when have you bought a bait from Japan that sucked? Okay, let's be real. Yeah, there's a whole market for it. Matt Souders, JDM Lord, not getting into it. My man, all about the Japanese stuff, but uh, they make make some dang good stuff. Um, they make a lot of good lures, man. Uh, I, I like almost everything I try from them. And you have all of it, basically. Like Garrett, yeah. uh, when Garrett got affiliated with him, uh, he balled out. He bought. Yeah. I remember you text me. He was like, "Yeah, I just went ahead and bought one of everything." And I was like, "What?" You're like, "Yeah." <laughs> you showed yeah, me you a picture their, of the uh, box that showed up. If you go on their website and look at through what how what, how much one of everything is, it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of one of everything. <laughs> yes, the box yeah. that you got from them that you ordered and paid for. What might I add? This was not a like again. Garrett wasn't in it for the free stuff. Garrett bought this stuff. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, they, I did get an X dollar amount that was allotted to me for that they gave to me for my. Yeah, yeah and then he like tripled that. I went past that. Yeah, I went way past that. Uh, Look, this I man like sends me a picture, and the box is like three feet long, ten inches deep, fucking foot wide. And he sent me a picture of it opened and it was filled to the brim with brand new baits. Like yeah. whoever packaged that box did a great job because it was like beautiful. Yeah. Like they, uh, yeah, they took some time to get all that in that box. <laughs> they made it but, very uh, presentable. So yeah, J- Japanese technology. Uh, don't know a lot of the details in the company. Do you know much? Cause it's Yoziri America. So it's like Japanese design, American side of the company. Um, yeah. I think they try to focus on making a quality product that's affordable. Uh, it's kind of what I understand from their market is. Yeah. And they, I mean, I definitely think they, I mean, that yeah. kind of nails it. If you've ever go, I, I challenge you to go to your local, I'm sure like you can actually, I know you can find Yoziri stuff in our Walmart, like Yoziri yeah, they got square bills. The, they, they're usually have these, the pencil poppers, mm-hmm. pencil baits. Those are usually at Walmart. Uh, the rattling vibes, uh, their rattle trap type bait, but they uh, just like you can tell it's got a little better quality to it. Like yeah. they don't feel like they have cheap hooks. They don't feel like they've got bad split rings. Like don't have cheap paint. I mean, they got pretty pretty solid um, 
components and stuff with them. I do think that the like the Yozuri crankbaits themselves come with a little bit thinner wire hook than what I typically like. Um, so I tip, I change those ones out, but that's kind of a personal preference thing. Well, and it's like, when was the last time you talked to a fisherman that left the trebles on the bait that came with it? Yeah. Like, I will say that with their the hardcore line that they have, I leave all their all the trebles on there. I, I don't know what it is. I like the trebles that come on there. Hell yeah. Which their hardcore line um, is kind of a more, what I understand is it's more focused towards like tournament bass fishermen. It's kind of designed more for tournament anglers. So it's like the higher end. Yeah, it's it's a little more higher end. So they put a little bit better hooks and components on it. Um, Hell yeah! And they got dude, they got some awesome actions. And all of the hardcore line has uh, the weight transfer system in it. So it's got those little little magnetic balls or whatever, like the yeah mega bass jerk baits do. Yeah, uh, little tungsten. Yeah, but it's in every single bait in the hardcore line. So that's sick. So like this square bill, um, you can cast that thing a dang mile. And and the other part to that is that you can, it helps with accuracy and casting. Um, but you got to be mindful of it when you're casting. When you start the bait, I usually kind of give it a little pop before I uh, before I start making the action go kind of shift it down <clears throat> yeah, like so you can shift set the weight back um, most of so the time it does it on its own but i just like to take that extra precaution to make sure that it that it does that here i'm gonna show off some other that's the the one i was just holding up yeah that's so this my is the... favorite color in that, in that yeah that's bill. a that's a pretty sick color yeah um, it's that... a little different like, uh, that's what i like about it it's not your I standard. love that citrus shad. Yeah, that citrus shad is a good one. Um, and that uh, I forgot that pearl shad one is another one I really like. Pearl, I shad. like shad color. That one, I do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And their craw colors are really good. Yeah, but the three to five foot squares, great colors. This is the hardcore crank SR sixty five F. If anybody's looking at it. Um, I, what I did is I got Garrett to pick his five favorite baits from all these things. And we're going <laughs> to, we're going to try and, uh, link all this stuff down below, um, in the show notes for everybody. If yeah. you want to check it out, we'll at least link the websites and you can go do your searching. Um, but the hardcore crank SR 65 S really nice looking square bill. Um, yeah, that, that thing comes through just about everything. Like it's, I mean, I've tried a bunch of different square bills. Like I've used to use the six cents ones a lot. Um, I've used a lot of the Strike King ones, um, Lucky Craft, pretty much all of them. Uh, but that one is one of the top, weed, most weedless ones that I've used. Uh, Definitely, it comes need to through, check like, it out. It is a fl- and stuff really, and, cool. it, and it, a lot of that could be attributed to it's a floating square bill. Yeah, so it floats too. That. You can really, really like. Yeah, if I I, I love a floating up, one because like... you can literally just stop retrieving or tip the rod up, and then you can just yeah. give it that little bit off the top. Just give let, let it stop for a second and float over what you're trying to get over, and then start reeling reeling again. 
Um, so, uh, moving on to back to the Ozeri brand, uh, just because you held it up a minute ago, uh, the 3DB pencil popper, which is one of the more known baits that they make. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're, if you're a walking bait guy, I'm a spook guy. Love is our spook. I'm a, I'm one of the, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of guys with some of the yeah. stuff. Um, when the spook stops catching fish, I'll try something else, but, um, these things have killer action. I've seen you throw it a ton. Um, and they, yeah, this a, thing comes in some sick colors too. Yeah, it does. That, that chartreuse one is an interesting one. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that they like that color on like spotted bass lakes and, uh, herring lakes and stuff. Um, I honestly, I typically just throw mostly the bone color. Yeah, it's hard to beat a good bone walking bait. Yeah. I mean, me and you were having this conversation. Another like, go-to color for me. So it's either bone for me like this, or uh, this is what they call prism silver black, but it's basically a chrome with a black top. Yeah. Um, very good color. Um, and these are some some awesome like the so this will be more for you walking big guys. This will be like the size of the super spook. Uh, yeah. Would it be the mega dog or the sexy dog? If you, if you want exact measures, five and three eighths inches. Yeah. So around the standard spook the, size, in my opinion. Because yeah. um, it's like it's a one ounce bait, so you can launch it uh, forever. Yeah. Spooks, I would compare this walking is fly through there comparable to like a, a shower blows. If anybody knows, yeah, that one's pretty popular. I forget who it's makes a, that. Evergreen, I think. Yeah, that's right. Evergreen. Um, and it it's pretty comparable to a shower blows, but like half the cost, <laughs> half as much as one, but it still works just as well. Uh, so there's that. That's awesome. Uh, you can see there's one right here on the screen. I'm going around the cursor. This was a color that wouldn't come up on it. This is one of the real craw colors. It's like a yeah. transparent craw in that square bill that we were just looking at from the hardcore yeah. line. Uh, sick. They got a couple other colors. I don't think they have on their website on that, of that hardcore square bill that are out that, uh, that I really like. There's some cool craw colors that they got. Um, I didn't, I got them in my tackle box, but, uh, I should have brought them over here with me. I should just brought the whole box. I got like, we'd been here all night. <laughs> yeah. We're already an hour into the show, so um, yeah, we'll that's go. their little. That's a new line that they come out with this year. Yeah. Is the three DRX line, um, yeah, and it's kind of more focused on like a finesse line, I guess, for crankbaits and just hard plastic baits um, mm-hmm. in general. Um, so that that pencil seventy five, that thing is little, like it's three and a quarter, or I'm sorry, three inches and a quarter ounce. Yeah, it's it's tiny. There, so see that but. that'll yeah you can uh, yeah you can see it on there. You can kind of see that size profile against that bass. Um, but this is something like going towards the uh, uh, Spook Juniors. Mm-hmm. So again, for for you old school folks, you know, three inch walking bait, really nice finesse bait, skinnier water. Um, which I've got to where I, I like most of the time using the smaller walking baits when they're busting stuff on top. Um, they're not really sure why, but I just feel like 
I've had more success with them hitting the smaller bait than I have them hitting the bigger one. Um, and actually getting it. Yeah. And I, I cheat the system too. So a trick I, I don't even remember who I got it from. Um, some old man. Uh, no matter what the bait is and how good the hooks are, on my walking baits, I upsize the hooks two sizes. I upsize them to where the hooks will almost touch if they meet in the middle. If not touch, but they can't hook each other. That's smart. And um, <clears throat> I've... I would say like almost like probably 90% increase in hookups. It's just, yeah. they going to get a hook. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I, it, and it looks goofy. Uh, if I pulled my, my spook junior out right now, it's like the hooks and the bait just don't match, but yeah. it, it, it walks better. Cause it adds weight to these little bitty, um, oh. uh, little bitty baits. I mean, yeah, if you got floating grass and debris, it's going to get into it. But when you, like you mentioned the spotted bass, when you get in around the spotted bass, um, like I like fishing it under bridges. Um, when the spotted bass come up and are just like swatting at them and just like really blowing up at it, you usually get them like whether they get it in the mouth side of the head, like you got them. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's a trick I've done for the last few years and, I don't know. I, with that bait, I, I started trying it with my ploppers actually two weeks ago. Same concept. I kept having, you know, you get the misses and the short strikes. And I was like, I'm just going to put a way bigger hook on the back of it. Yeah. And I, I went up two sizes on the hook and I should have sent you pictures of it. Garrett, they were biting it and it looked like frog hook sets. Perfect roof of the mouth, Jeez. two hook points coming through it. Like, Every time they bit, it's what it looked like. And I was like, oh, all right, well, yeah, I don't know if it works with the plop, the whopper plopper, but with the chopo, it doesn't change the chopo run at all. It runs no. exactly the same. Um, with sink or anything. No, Try it to. stayed up. No. Did just fine. Like you could still slow creep it and it just, but, uh, I don't know. There's a little tip for anybody listening, yeah. uh, which I probably said that when we talked about walking baits, on the noob noob segment, but uh really cool trick. But yeah, this, uh, the 3d RX uh, pencils, I'll give you another, I'll drop another juice tip, I guess. Um, sometimes on my walking baits, I will change out the middle hook for that BMC bladed treble. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that has a little tiny willow leaf blade on it. Yeah. Um, I feel like that gets me some bites and actually they actually hit the bait or hit the it hook. Just gives you, gives them something to target. Yeah. And these Especially colors on like, this thing are nasty. Yeah. Because like the bait, the bait actually is patterned. Like if you see these yeah, diamond features, like little... anybody watching this on YouTube, that is in the mold. Yeah. And it helps like refract light into it. Yeah. Well, oh, it's like, like shining. Man, that'd be a great color on a perch lake. Yeah, actually, you need to take that one to Florida to cast that color. I may have to get uh, make a Yoziri order. Yeah. No. Well, they got their uh, port Port Saint John. I think is where their uh, Yoziri is. We need to make a run. We need to stop by. That's only about two hours or so from cast. That could be an expensive trip. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go. So we covered the pencil popper, the pencil in the 3D RX line. 
the SR65S, which was the square bill. Now we're yeah. going to check out the... Um, I mean, the they got a crank. Crazy, so I, it's hard to... It's hard. When you said your top five, I was like, man. This... <laughs> yeah. I well, like so I knew if I just let you go, we'd, this would be a five-hour episode. I basically looked for my top five right now. Uh, yeah. For this time of year. Because uh, other times of year, it changes, obviously. Like so jerk baits and yeah what we've moved on to right now is the uh, you know coming into ledge season cranking season the uh hardcore bullet crank five plus uh three and an eighth inch long one ounce uh deeper diver it's a 15 to 20 foot so a five meter yeah um deep diving crank and these things look amazing and they've got a little different. If you look in this uh, upper picture right here, I, I wish I could expand that picture. Uh, but it's got a kind of a unique shape to the bill. Yeah, it, it's it not does. completely rounded. It's not completely flat. Um, it's a cool little profile. I think that was from what I said or understood. That was by design. <laughs> um, that was so that it doesn't pull as much, pull you as much. Um, so, so it's it kind comes of nice... to the water versus pulling you to it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty sick with a deeper diver though. You still kind of have within a kayak, at least you still need to be like either having your boat turned sideways and doing that or be pedaling backwards while you're... or learn or learn the long lining technique, yeah. learn long line. Or... It's just like, no matter what you do, you're going to have, you're going to get pulled towards it, but yeah. These, and that's where a good rod, good cranking rod comes into play because you got to be able to send these things to Mars. Yeah. Like, I you don't ever see anybody like pitching a deep diving crank. You've got to like, you got to spool that thing. Like, and, and that's guess. part. I mean, part what they I guess what they say about deep divers is that only a third of your cast is going to be in the strike zone. Like, yep. you're going to have one third of it coming, getting down to, to it. Depth, yeah, and then a third it in rides a depth. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, That's where so. you see a lot of guys that have mastered the long lining technique, though, is like you know, 300 series reels, a lot more line, and you can get it down the depth quicker mm-hmm. and keep it there. Keep it, yeah, and you can get it deeper than what it's like oh, designed yeah. for. Uh, doing that. But these are these are all really good looking, uh, yeah, and like all, I said, all they're. They, paint jobs are phenomenal and like i said those also have that weight transfer system in it so it helps with what you're just saying with that longer cast uh getting it out there yeah um and i mean this bait's been i don't know if anybody follows like cole sands um mm-hmm. the elite series he's a rookie in the leads uh he guides on chickamauga he's been like destroying him on this bait and like Spencer Sheffield, uh, he throws that bait a lot. Uh, I think he did really well with that at the um, the Gunnersville event that they had. Yeah, uh, I think that's what he was throwing a lot of out there. But yeah, it's a, it's another sick one. Um, Fifteen ninety nine MSRP. So this is again, this is the hardcore side. So higher end, paying a little more, mm-hmm. still. Which still is not bad for a big no. bait like that, like a big no. crankbait. More than an XD. Um, 
it's, it's about it's, it's comparable to like a six XD size wise. Yeah, six XD size. Yeah. To comparable to like, I think it's still cheaper than a Mega Bass. Oh yeah, it's def- it's still cheaper than a Mega. I think a Mega Bass one, the uh, deep what six or whatever they call that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about the same concept and design is like twenty dollar bait 20 25 nice so the uh the last product we're going to get to here real quick with uh we're going back to the Ozeri side um no real need to bring up picture of this i guess i will just so you can people could see the packaging um is the Ozeri t7 premium fluorocarbon yeah. um i can i am a sunline guy there you go. See, we don't even need the picture. Yeah. Garrett's got it right there. That's all you need. <laughs> so I'm very, very, very like anal with fluorocarbon. Um, I got spoiled very quickly because when I first decided to spend money on fluorocarbon, I went to Sunline FC Sniper mm-hmm. and I'm not affiliated with Sunline. I'll tell you, it's very hard to beat their fluorocarbon. I know everybody's on that Seaguar train. Me personally, I've got a whole box of cigar over here. I have less issues with the Sunline, less breakage, more sensitivity. Sunline is one of the few that I can take the spool, I can roll it off the spool, and it's going to hang dead straight. No line memory. Um, it'll line memory on your spool, but yeah. like I use a lot of leaders, and those leaders stay straight for a long time. Um, but this Yoziri T7. For the price, yeah, that's that's, that's the where kicker. I was going with that. <laughs> like, I will it's, say it's that very I, good. I do really much like the Sunline, the Sniper. Like, I, I've tried it and I really liked it, but man, it's expensive. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So, with me not being affiliated, I can say this again: you're paying top notch. It's like buying, um, wow, oh God, what's that high end um, Tatsu? Tatsu, yeah, yeah, like. It's expensive to get that kind of quality. So when you see the prices on this stuff, I don't have the prices. It doesn't show the MSRP on here, but this stuff is like, what, maybe $12? Yeah, the 200 yard spool. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's like 12 to 15 bucks. For their top of the line, 100% premium. Yeah, Yeah, and you can get it at like Walmart in most places. Like, I'm pretty sure I bought mine at Academy and Cabela's uh, that go around because they had them on sale. Yeah, but um, the T7 is it's really good. Um, I've used the all of their line um, complaints with some of the other, but the T7 like I'm on the verge of swapping to T7 like just yeah. completely because it's like do I think it's as on the same high high quality as like Tatsu and Sunline? No, but it's good enough and it's half the price. <laughs> Yeah, like, and I will say that I think it's a little more durable than the uh, tattoo and the, like the, some of the higher end line. It's um, definitely like the first spool I spooled up. I hooked. I was cranking with it, so I spooled yeah. up, went to the river to like basically like dial the reels in, not fishing, yeah. standing on the bank, casting, setting settings on the reel, dialing drag and stuff in, and I hooked like a four. I think it's like a four pound largemouth on the crankbait and like really dogged on it and was like dang well i'd never checked the knot 
drug it down the boat ramp, like all sorts of stuff. Took the took the fish off, cast back out there, hooked a floating tree that I didn't see, or like a slightly submerged tree, yeah. and I wrenched the tree in on like fifteen pound T seven or whatever mine is. I don't even know what size mine is. Uh, fourteen and sixteen, I think is what they come in. It's probably sixteen then. But yeah. winched this tree like all up through the boat ramp, like just beating the line up. The knot never broke. It never like over tightened the knot. the The line was like you could feel it was like nicked up from dragging, yeah. but it never broke. And like I fished that crankbait just like that without retying it for like two more weeks, and it didn't break off. I just cut it off. Like it is stupid tough line. Yeah, and it's and it's got comparable line diameters to some of that high end line. Uh, so that was the thing that sold me on it. Um, that's something uh, you can go back to the noob show final cast. We've done line shows. That's yeah. something I pay attention to yeah. is line diameters. Um, when I'm comparing brands, I'm looking for the sizes versus the strengths and weights and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when you're a braid to leader guy, because uh, too big of a diameter braid to too small of a diameter of fluoro leader, the knot will slip. I don't care what knot you tie in it. I mean, outside of like the FG knot. Yeah, that'll slip sometimes. It'll still, yeah, it will. Uh, it. But I've if you it. don't do your weaves or whatever they call those on the FG really, yeah. really tight, if your diameters are different, it'll pop right out. Yeah. Um, and it'll like, you'll survive the pop test, but the first time you hook into something, it'll, it'll slip right out. Yeah. Um, and it, frustrating. So like an honorable mention, this being like one of your products, your top five that you, you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, like not as much to say online. It's good. Just good line. Um, but something as an honorable mention, check out their braid the for everybody braid. listening. They're yeah. super braid hands down. I've used a lot of braids, you know, mostly a power pro guy. Cause I like that rough and tough braid. Yeah. Um, but I've used SmackDown. I haven't used Sunlines yet just because it's harder to get um, without just like ordering it online. And again, I just don't order tackle online. Yeah. I'm one of the weird ones. Um, that is, is that 32. Um, I forget who makes that. I can't remember. Uh, and spider wire and all that. All yeah. Used all those. Um, used the Strike King stuff. Like I've used every bit I can get my hands on. Yozuri's braid is the smoothest casting braid, the smoothest to the touch braid. Yeah. Like, and it, what's crazy to me is it's, it's a super smooth braid and it doesn't dig in bad. I don't like, know. Yeah. Power pro super slick V2 under 50 pounds bites in on itself and will give you the absolute worst internal like knots and kinks mm-hmm. I've had super slick not in so bad from a hook set that three or four casts later, the line broke halfway through the reel somewhere and you cast and it just flies off with 30 feet of line on it. Yeah. Like this stuff is 10 times as smooth as super slick casts a million times better and doesn't bite. Like you can watch it dig in and then you can just like pop and pop it right back out. I don't get it. Yeah. Like it's it's allowed me to try lighter braids because with Power Pro and those experiences, I just threw fifty on everything. But again, going back to line diameters, Power Pro, one thing they did really well with their braid is they kept the diameter sizes down. Yeah. So 
you could get away with a lot more. So when I was looking into Yozuri braid for pound for pound, they're the exact same diameters as Power Pro. On all- and I think the same is true with some of the higher end uh, floor carbons versus the T7. Yeah. Oh, well, so the the T7 was I was I comparing it was s- or- uh, 16 to 18. And it was obviously thinner because it's a two pound difference between sunline and everything, but it was like a bigger difference. Like you would do it on like averages because you can flip the package over and like, look at your your sizes. I think I was doing that same comparison with the 10 pound fluoro to uh, cigar tattoo 10 pound. And I think that the Yozuri one was like, a fraction of a millimeter or whatever. Yeah. We're talking about like hundredth to a thousandth of an inch. Like I can pull it up here. Yeah. It's insane. Like it's fact check myself, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. They let's see. I've got the, I've got this, the Yoziri diameters pulled up right here. You got the Yoziri ones. Yeah. All right. Oh, cool. I got it in millimeters and inches. Ooh, thousand yard spools. Yeah. Oh, I got a couple of thousand yard spools in the garage. <laughs> and with their prices, it was probably like sixty dollars. Yeah, they're they're not bad. <laughs> like you could almost get a thousand yard spool for what you can get a thing of Tatsu for. Yeah, twelve hundred yard spool of Sunline is like one hundred and sixty five dollars or something like that at eighteen yeah. pounds. It's insane. <laughs> All right, what do you got for ten pounds? All right, so 10-pound T7, inches or millimeters? Do inches. Uh, 0.010. That's what 10-pound Tatsu is. It's the same diameter as a line three times the price. Yeah. Um, do a 20. 20-pound 20 Tatsu or? Just something high-end. Uh, I'll do 20-pound Sunline. Gary is having to work between two computers and four monitors. We'll give him a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're loading. I'll give you that. It's good camera placement. I didn't know you were running four monitors until you told me, but I, I noticed you have to like to see the other monitor. You turn like 90 degrees to the left. <laughs> yeah. Usually I'm not sitting this close to it either. Uh, All right. Well, it shows it in millimeters. Okay. Um, point three seven. So that's the same thing, which that's... is point zero one five inches. So T seven is running the same fluoro diameters as Tatsu and Sunline. F- are you that's... on FC Sniper? Yeah, FC Sniper. Yeah, so much higher in line, same fluorocarbon diameter. Again, same pound test. Same pound test. Uh, not going to have the same, like you're going to get a little more memory out of this stuff. Um, not going to be that just perfectly straight off the spool, but add a little hot water, spool the reel up like you're supposed to. It's going to be just fine. Yeah. And it's tough. 
Um, Ties knots real good. Does really good in uh, braid to leader because uh, it's about all I do. Um, I actually liked it for cranking. I use some of the 20 for cranking. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, I would probably, my opinion, I'd probably have to go up. I'm not a big jerkbait guy. Um, yeah. But when you get into the line gripes of big jerkbait fishermen, I'd probably move up to a higher end line just for jerkbaits when you actually need the jerkbait to stop and stay still. Like, especially in the winter when it's like twitch, twitch, pause for 10 yeah, seconds. Because I, um, I definitely noticed uh, in February when I was using it uh, just a little bit with a jerkbait, you definitely would twitch, twitch, and you could watch it if it was coil. You could watch, yeah, it would coil. Not, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely, like, I've, I've heard guys that are really good at it, like Russ, like the bait's got to sit still. Like it's yeah. got to twitch, twitch, stop. So, um, probably wouldn't use it in that scenario, but everything else, when I'm being rough for yeah. chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, stuff uh, like that. A little secret, I guess, that I do sometimes is I just use um, braid to fluoro leader for my jerk baits. So there's no stretch in the line. And I, use I don't know. I mean, I braid the leader everything else. I don't know why I don't braid the leader crankbaits. Yeah. I just never have. Might as well. Might That's as well only for jerkbaits so that I can get the, the snap in action that I'm looking for. And so it'll stop when I stop. Getting all sorts of nuggets, folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are going extremely long. So we're going to shut her down on the tackle talk right there but uh again wanted to do this to give everybody their little bit of fix on some gear review and we're actually getting some good input on it from a man who works with them and was using the product well before he was working with these companies so check out yeah. your yozuri and hardcore tackle make sure you check out the trika rods um american-made rods uh japanese designed american-made uh tackle um pretty pretty sick stuff um I'm sure we'll we'll try to get some of those guys to come talk with us at ICAST as well. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be down. I know that uh, probably Chris with uh, Yozuri will be down to talk with us for a little bit. Absolutely, we'll we'll definitely try to drag him in. Well, uh, to get back to the roots of our show, since we didn't talk about tourneys this week, we're gonna hit some quick tourney recap before we let everybody go. So we're gonna actually real quick, Garrett, give us the rundown of current AOI status. Yeah, let's do that. Um, what do you want first, the Bassmaster, the Hobie, or the KBF? Bassmaster. All right. So in our leader for the Bassmaster right now is Nick Dyer. Uh, he's got 727 points. I don't know how they were doing their AOI this year. Do you know? Like, was it... Um, like, are they taking all of your events, or are they calling out events? I'm sure they're calling out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though, because uh, that number sounds like it's all of them so far. It's either that or they have an elevated point system per event. Oh, true. Yeah, because, I mean, Gunnersville had, like, 200-some people. So Right. Like, give me give uh, me the top three, though. So, so uh, Nick Dyer first. Then you got Eric Siddiqui behind him with uh, 718, so... Not, not too still far within, back. Yeah, still within reach. Uh, then after that, you got Joshua Dial uh, with 697. Nice. Uh, 
And Tom Kazmierski's on there. Uh, 683, we had him on our show earlier. Oh, yeah. Tom's a hammer. And he's hanging in there. If he's uh, fourth place and still not too far back, you know, all you need is one of these guys to have a bad day and you have a, a really good top five finish. Something I was pretty excited about that I wanted to mention is that they posted these AOI standings alongside their Elite Series AOI standings and the Opens AOI standings. That's cool. Exposure. So like, Thank yeah, you, Steve-O. The, yeah, they're really putting the spotlight on the kayak stuff. Uh, Heck yeah. Not just like brushing it to the side like they had in the past. It kind of seemed, uh, Thank you, Steve Owens. Yeah. So, All right, hit me with the Hobie top five. The Hobie. Top so we got, man, this is a young crew on the on the AOI for this one. We got uh, Ewing Minor with That was my guess for first. Yeah. Uh, second is Jackson Orr with 750. His his college teammate. Yeah, and third is Matt Millard uh, with 744. Actually, nice. it's a tie for third. It's Matt Millers and Jason Broach. Both nice, Jason Broach. We've had him on a couple times. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Adam and Russ I'm... are up in there. Uh, oh yeah, you can't ever count them out. Local guys. Uh, I give him a shout out. Uh, I I can't wait to see how that works out. I'm really rooting for Ewing. Uh, Ewing's a really good guy. Yeah, I mean, Jackson is a, too. They're both uh, having a killer year. Yeah, they're they're tearing it up. So, I think both of them are fishing Cayuga. If I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, I'd guarantee it. So, this one will definitely have an impact. All right. Well, hit me with the KBF. I bet you I can tell you top one of the top three. Try and guess it. Well, I know Nick Audi's got to be up there. He's not up there. What? I thought he had jumped into the top three. This is the angler of the year standings after Chickamauga Lake. So, I don't know. Maybe he hasn't hit hit enough of those events yet. Or trying to think. We got Ryan Nye. Oh, Um, I knew that. I should have. Yeah. Actually, I knew there was one. I knew. Places tied. Uh, wow. Ryan Nye with 2304 and Casey Reed with 2304. Casey's always up in the KBF one. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Then you got uh, Jake Ang- Angulus uh, with 2280. And the show, the guest we had on last week, Wyatt Hammond um, with 2274. Nice. Well, that is your so update on AOI. He made up on there is Jimmy McClurkin. He's still on there. Heck yeah. In the ninth spot. Get it, Jimmy. Finish the year out strong, brother. Yeah, you got this. But uh, So, yeah, there's your AOI update for your big three, the national side of things. Um, tons of AOI stuff going on throughout the club. If you're, if you're in it, congratulations. Keep grinding through the year. Um, bring home that AOI for your local have a little bragging rights for the year. Yeah. Um, but we're going to real quick, we'll hit on these. I've got 10 or so to tackle, so we'll get right into it. So first up, we got the grassroots bass yakking on the Tippecanoe River. It's a multi-single day tournament. Each angler gets to choose a day to fish between the 15th and the 19th. Um, 25 anglers, five fish. First place, Brian Moore with 87 and a half. Second place, Randall Kaiser with 78 and three quarters. And third place, Glenn Landstrom with 78 and a half. Um, 
Okay, so this was a separate event, same club. Uh, trail series event on Kegel's Mill Lake. Uh, same format of the multi-single day. Had 26 anglers with the five-fish limit. First place, Michael Kulik with 74. Second place, Justin Long with 72. Third place, Jim Bailey with 71 and a quarter. Um, next up, the big tournament that went down last week was the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail on Balsam Lake in Canada. 161 anglers. Uh, first place, Ryan Tyler with 94 inches. Second place, Chris Totosco with 93 and a half. And tied for second was uh, Brian Morrow with 93 and a half. So I'm going to zoom down because there was another one that was going on with that, if I'm not mistaken. You said 161 anglers? Yeah. Wow. So showing out bigger than the national trails. Yeah. In some situations. Um, so get this. Uh, there was also the Ontario Bass Nation uh, event going on at the same time on a different lake, on uh, Lake Darlimple, and it had 58 anglers. Um, wait a minute. It's got the same guy winning it. How is that possible if it was two different events? <laughs> may have been two different days. It may have been a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, so, uh, or he just didn't, or he quit fishing one place. Yeah, he dominated one and then swapped lakes. <laughs> yeah. That would be such a gangster move. Yeah. No Enter joke. two tournaments, two separate lakes in the same state and leave by like 10 a.m. and win one and then go fish like 10 or 11 to two. Dude, that would, bro. I've thought about doing it before, but I, that I would be the thug status. Pull that off. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Ontario Bass Nation on Lake Darlimple, 58 anglers. Chris Tatosco, 92 and three quarters for the win on that one. Josh Bobick for 91 for second, Andrew McGuire for 87 and a half. Um, moving on from there, the kayak anglers of Northeast Ohio on East West Harbor. Um, harbor only event, no lake, which that's kind of the thing when you do East West Harbor because it's on a very big part of the lake. Um, 51 anglers, three fish limit. First place, Aaron Stahlbaum with 59 inches. Second place, Kyle McClarney with 55 and a quarter. Third place, Drew Bad with 54. Um, moving on from there, you got the New York kayak bass fishing on Cayuca, not Cayuga, Cayuca, K-E-U-K, um, 56 anglers, five fish limit, Stephen Valentine with 94 and a half for the win. Second place, Jose, uh, Vuitone for 93 and a quarter and third place, Pat Viomet with 91 and a half. Next up, the West Virginia Kayak Anglers uh, Tigert Open on Tigert Lake. 28 anglers. First place, Travis Harper with 81 and a quarter. Second place. Ooh, listen to these numbers drop off. First place with 81 and a quarter was Travis Harper. Second place, Scott Birchfield. Second place, 68 inches. Drop out. Third place, <clears throat> Buddy Vance with 67 and a quarter. Um, moving on from there, the Indiana Kayak Anglers on Raccoon Lake. 47 anglers. First place, Steve Martin with 86 and three quarters. Second place, Justin Kivett with 80 inches. Third place, Drew Duncan with 78 and three quarters. Uh, next up, the Minyak event on Lake Vermilion in Minnesota. 31 anglers. Uh, first place, Ryan Bonakowski with 91 and a half. Second place, Scott Stolman with 88 and a quarter. And third place, Joey Vanya with 88. Uh Moving on to the Nebraska Kayak Series, Capital City Clash, uh, Five Lakes in Play, Yankee Hill Home Stagecoach, Olive Creek, and Conestoga. 
30 anglers in that one. First place, Sam Burke with 87 and three quarters. Second place, Timothy Parker with 85 and a quarter. And third place, Jason Shrek with 82 inches. Um, next up from there, the Bass and Jackson Kayak Trail Tri-Lake Division Championship. Nolan River Lake, Barron River Lake, Rough River Lake in Kentucky. 30 anglers. First place, Todd Yoakum with 83 and a quarter. Second place, Jeremy Hayes with 82 and a half. Third place, Paul Averill with 81 and a half. Uh, moving on from there, the kayak anglers of Missouri trail stop on Smithville Lake. 35 anglers on that one. Troy Caldwell, first place with 83 and three quarters. Second place, Sean Priest with 81 and three quarters. Third place, Lyle Dub- uh, Dubay or Dub with 77 and a quarter. Um, next up, the Minnesota Kayak Fishing Association, Chris Nelson Memorial Kayak Event, 75 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Daniel Zimmersheed with 91 and a quarter. Second place, Steve Build with 88. Third place, Garavang with 87 and a half. Hmm. Moving out to California. Northern Lakes are on fire. Yeah. On fire. Yeah. Um, because you ain't getting those numbers at Pickwick right now. No. Uh, next up, the Central Valley Kayak Fishing on Lake Kawea in California. 44 anglers, five fish limit. I'm sure you could, it's California. I guarantee you can pick one of the people in the top three. Take a huge guess. Uh, no. <laughs> you wouldn't get it wrong, Damien Tao. Yeah. Uh, first, first, <laughs> first place, Peter Chow with 79 and three quarter. Second place, Damien Tao, 76 and a quarter. Third place, Robert Yamamoto with 75 and a quarter. Yeah, Damien, shout out to Peter for the win. Absolutely. Shout out to Damien for just continued top tier success, staying up in the podium. After he was just, that was this past weekend? Yeah, so he was just left Tennessee for the the World Fox. Championship deal. Yeah. On Center Hill, yeah. Not, not to be denied, went out there, kicked ass some more. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, got two more. The SoCal American Bass Kayak Series on El Capitan. 32 anglers. It's also in California, if you didn't catch the SoCal part. Uh, first place, Griffith Garibrandt with 91 and three quarters. Second place, Anthony Garcia with 86 and a half. Third place, Steve Buckner with 85 and a half. And that is... Oh, I'm lying. That was it, because the last one on the list is the double up for the Ontario one that I was reading off. Nice. So that is it, folks. A long show. We some of these uh, Canadian guys on here or something. We do a Canadian show every year. It's really fun. Um, yeah. We definitely need to do it soon because they're having way more turnout now than they were even when we first started covering it. Like they were maybe 75 to 80, and now they're that was 161. Well, well didn't they? I mean, they took a little longer, didn't they, to like lighten up on some of their COVID restrictions and stuff that they were. Oh, having. yeah. So I think that well, this year is kind of really. Well, and, and uh, kayak fishing as a whole is just like taking its time out because their fishing season's so short. Yeah. So like, because I remember them talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, we we basically start fishing like, I can't remember if he said like April first, May first, or June first, or something like that." And he was like, "That's when it's on because it's when the lakes open. Yeah. For like the bass season's open there, and then they have until like I don't know August or September, and it's over." It's gone. Yeah. Like <laughs> it froze up. <laughs> but uh 
yeah, different, a little bit different show today, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. We just wanted to give everybody a little taste of uh, what we're missing from a little gear review. Again, thank you, Garrett, for joining me as a guest and co-host as normal. And no problem. To talk about uh, a couple of these brands you really believe in, some really cool stuff coming with them guys. Um, glad to give everybody just a little update on iCast. It's coming up quick. Um, be sure to get signed up, look into the Del Hollow stuff. That's still a thing for next year. Um, details will all still be coming in for that. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add to it, Gary? Uh, I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> well, all right. Well, it's been another great show. We thank you again, as always, for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube. Check out our socials. Check out the links below for all the stuff we talked about today getting ready for iCast uh, fishing seasons in full effect. Hope you're out there catching PBs and staying hydrated. Cause it's hot as hell out for most of these places. Yeah. I had to <laughs> bring like a full, I think I brought like a full thing of four, how many ounces of Gatorade was that? Two of the 32 ounce Gatorades put together. It was actually two different flavors and that was weird, but <laughs> suicide. Yeah, I mixed the orange and the blue together. Uh, dude, I had to soak that thing down this past week. I bet. Well, uh, yeah, hope everybody's doing great. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Um, either the KBF winners from uh, the Delta or Cayuga. the Cayuga from Hobie. But until then, everybody be good. Peace. See you.